Welcome to a day of prayer. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. Together, let's engage in relationship with Christ through prayer, faith, and His Word. Good morning and welcome. You're listening to Day of Prayer's Morning Bible Study. We're so glad you could join us. But before we get into the Word, let us take a moment and pray. Lord, we just thank you for your Holy Spirit, Lord, and that he lives and dwells on the inside of us, Lord. We just thank you for that you have given him to us, Lord. And Lord, we just thank you that he is a guideline for all of us, Lord, and that he only leads us into the correct answer, Lord. Lord, we also just thank you for your written word, Lord, and that is a template for us to go by, Lord, and that has all your wisdom and your knowledge, Lord, for us inside of it, Lord. And Lord, we just thank you that it's full, Lord, that we can't understand everything about you, Lord, but that you have more to show us each and every day, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 And amen. Well, good morning and welcome, everyone. We're glad to have you with us as we get into or continue our study in the book of Acts. And we are in chapter 5 and continuing our discussion and study covering verses 13 through 27. So if you're just joining us for the first time or joining with us again, I want to encourage you to pause the episode now and take the time and opportunity to reread that section of scripture and just make it easier to follow along in the discussion. Amen? Amen. Amen. All right. And now at this time, the floor is open to give each of you the opportunity to share what Holy Spirit is speaking and ministering to you and to ask any questions that you might have. So who'd like to begin? I would. All right, Layla. I found it interesting and slightly amusing when in verse 17 is talking about the elders in Jerusalem, that they had gathered themselves together without any delay and had come the, the, the next day to hear the judgment of against Paul from Festus. And I just found it interesting seeing it in a reflection of my own life and what we see today. They couldn't gather together to do anything except for start riots, um, cause trouble. And when they thought that Festus was going to render the judgment and give them what they wanted, which was give them permission to kill Paul or just kill Paul themselves, there was no delay. There was no hesitation in their activities. They gathered the elders, however far across they were spread from Jerusalem. Not all, all of them probably weren't in Jerusalem, had the address. They had the camels ready and saddled and everything else to be there early on time, if you will. And there was, there was no waiting for them. And in our own lives, is that the way we're treating the Lord? He when he asks us to do something, we're dragging our feet and we can't get ourselves together or we refuse to. But when it seems like he's going to do what we want or we're going to get something that we want out of the situation, then we're prompt and diligent to do what God asks us. That's not right. That's an ungodly perspective to have that you're not going to do anything for the Lord unless you think you're going to come out on top and get the desires of your heart, if you will. And we shouldn't be treating our brothers and sisters that way either. We shouldn't be a stumbling block and um, a, a burden, if you will, cause delay in the, the blessing of the Lord coming forth in other people's lives because we don't want to do 
one thing or another. We should be helping them just like we expect them to help us. I mean, nobody wants to walk alone. And we see in Ecclesiastes, um, I believe it's chapter nine, where it's talking about the, the two companions. Woe to him who's alone when he falls in the field because there's no one to raise him up. But if he has a friend, then the one that remains standing can lift the one that fell. One can't keep warm by himself, but two can, and one may be overpowered. Two can get the, you know, the, how would I phrase it? The attacker and the threefold cord is not quickly broken. But if we are breaking the cord and we aren't walking in unity, walking in love with each other, then we are going to be alone in the field when we fall. There isn't going to be anyone to help us. So we shouldn't just be looking out for our own skins, saving ourselves. We should be treating others as we want to be treated and exemplifying the characters and attributes of the Lord Jesus Christ. Bring up an interesting point. And of course we have to look at this. It's in scripture, right? But let's also look at it from the point of what we need to do for or in our own life. And that's to examine ourselves before the Lord. Right? David does that constantly throughout scripture, right? Yes. Search me and try me, O Lord, right? Yes. And reveal if there is any wicked way within me, depending on your translation, how that reads, right? Yes. So what he's saying is if there's anything in me that is not of you, that doesn't, or that is in opposition to your character, your nature, and your attributes, the Lord's character, nature, and attributes in his life, in David's life, well, it should be the same way for us right yes but what you were bringing up there Layla demonstrates the heart of people that have chosen to be wicked and you can find that in Isaiah 59 7 right it says uh, I'll start in verse 6 it says their cobwebs cannot be made into clothing and they cannot cover themselves with their works their deeds are sinful deeds and acts of violence are in their hands. Here's the key part. Their feet run to evil. They are swift to shed innocent blood. Their thoughts are sinful thoughts. Ruin and destruction lie in their wake. This is in verse 8. The way of peace they have not known, and there is no justice in their tracks. They have turned them into crooked paths. No one who treads in them will know peace. Proverbs 116 says it this way, For their feet run to evil, and they are swift to shed innocent blood. So, while we're reading about this, right, let's also recognize there's nothing new under the sun. This is part of the sin and or human nature, right? Yes. And don't we read about that in Genesis? Chapter yes. 6, especially, right before the flood, and the Lord, the Lord acknowledges it, and he says, Hey, these people's heart is only on evil Continually. It means they were constantly thinking about, even when they weren't actually doing the action or the deed, they were thinking about how they could do the deed. Whatever that was. Whatever that thing was. Yes. That's in opposition to the Lord. So for us, let's examine ourselves. Before the Lord, right? Are we doing the things that the Lord is leading and guiding us through Holy Spirit to do? saying and doing those things? Or is there a delay 
in us in doing it? Are we slow on the uptake, as it were? Slow to move forward in those things, but real quick to do everything that's in opposition. And yes, this is, of course, you could, you could argue an extreme situation and circumstance because what's literally is at stake here is someone's life, right? Yes. yes. But in everything, does it start there? No. Or is there a, a process and a gradual buildup? A process. It's a gradual buildup. And everything, right? Yes. Okay. So where do you think that would begin? Like as a little child. Okay. And habits and patterns and they and they keep growing, right? Yes. And the constant even though a child has to depend on their parents for literally everything for their life and all that. They can't be trusted by themselves, right? Yes. It, it can't be both. It can't be that, that they can make all these sound decisions, but we've got to childproof everything in the house to aid in their well-being, right? Yes. Okay. And their, I'll say, survivability. Well, that's what the world will tell you, right? Of course, we know the Lord trusts everything, but there are still sound things that we can do, right? Yes. But covers over the electrical outlets and sockets, and right? Yes. Okay round the edges on hard pointy tables and right all those things yes okay but then let's let's look as it as it continues to grow if the lord says hey i've called you to be a i don't know whatever a doctor a neurosurgeon whatever it is well that requires a lot of school are we quick to run towards what is on the destiny track the lord said for our life whatever it is it doesn't matter engineer Doctor, you know, cybersecurity specialist, pick a pick a thing. I'm just bringing up careers that require much education. Okay. Yes. Are we quick to do those, the things that is required of us from the Lord, because that's in the destiny track that He's placed before our lives, or do we try to do everything in our power to avoid, well, education and study? But are quick to pick up a video game or watch a movie or, right? Yes. yes. That would be being in opposition, would it not? Yes. And you're like, I know, even around this room, you're sitting here looking and going, oh man, like there's, how does one lead to the other? But it's still part of that buildup. What are you, what seed are you watering? The one the Lord planted? Or are you allowing thistles and thorns and everything else to come and choke out the word? That's what the Lord gave you in his destiny track, right? Is what he spoke to you. His, His written and spoken word. Yes. For your life. Are we guarding that in our heart towards him and his word? Or are we allowing that to get choked out in our lives. Are we moving forward in the destiny track he has for us? Or are we wandering the wilderness and circling the mountain for 40 years? I know it's... No doubt someone's going, oh man, that's, that's, really, that's really harsh for so early in the morning. <laughs> but, Two by four, good morning. Bing. 
No, but this is how I'll say I care and conduct myself. How I examine myself before the Lord. But just having this, I'll say, revelation, understanding of what's required and where we may have made compromises along the way. And I, and I, I say it so we can examine it and deal with the situation. Yes. We're not going to break so. if we do that. The Lord doesn't, doesn't just cover up our sin. He doesn't wink at our sin. Say, oh, yeah, don't worry about it. I've already covered. No, we, we have to bring it to him and lay it at his feet. We have to repent. It's not going to break us. Our, yes. our God is a very loving and forgiving God. And his desire for us and a destiny track for us, every believer. He wants us to have his best. His plan for our lives is his best. But we have to be willing and choose not just to enter in, but to remain. That matters. Yes, yes. Dad. Yes, Dad. Anyone else have anything they want to share? Um, I do very quickly. All right, um, well, Charles. We can see it says that um, where it's talking about how they, what they're questioning them about, it said that Paul affirmed Jesus to be alive. And what the Lord is just showing and revealing to me is that we have to be steadfast in what we believe, not because being steadfast in what is right, I should say, not steadfast in believing your own opinions, even when the Lord comes to you, but it's being steadfast in what the Lord has been telling us. And knowing and understanding the word for ourselves, the Lord brought me to um, First Kings. I have to quickly flip there. Ooh. Wrong bookmark. Ah, First Kings 13, where we see the death of the man of God. And I'll begin in verse 11. Now an old prophet dwelt in Bethel, and his sons came and told him all the works that the man of God had done that day in Bethel. They also told their father the words which he had spoken to the king. And their father said to them, Which way did he go? For his sons had seen which way the man of God had went who came from Judah. Then he said to his sons, Saddle the donkey for me. So they saddled the donkey for him, and he rode on it, and, af and, af and went after the man of God, and found him sitting under an oak. Then he said to him, Are you the man of God who came from Judah? And he said, I am. Then he said to him, Come home with me and eat bread. And he said, I cannot return with you, nor go in with you. Neither can I eat bread nor drink water with you in this place. For I have been told by the word of the Lord, you shall not eat bread nor drink water there, nor return by going the way you came. He said to him, I, am, I too am a prophet as you are. And an angel spoke to me by the word of the Lord, saying, Bring him back with you to your house that he may eat, that he may eat bread and drink water. He was lying to him. And how we know from there that eventually the false prophet, the prophet who was lying in this moment, eventually said, because you did not listen to what the Lord said, this is what's going to happen to you. He was eaten by, he was mauled, killed by a lion, I should say. He mm -hmm. wasn't eaten. And how we can see that this is a drastic contrast between Paul. Paul understood and maintained his testimony with, um, before the Lord, meaning that he didn't waver in what he believed because situations were getting rough or something didn't look like it was going the right way and we can see in history we see galileo he refused to um believe that the sun was the center of the universe whereas we revolved around it because everybody told him not to believe it he eventually renounced it but we see paul is not doing that 
He's steadfast in what he believes because he knows the truth of God. And he's not allowing other people to come and twist and taint what he knows to be right because he wants to avoid a situation. He understands that it's better to serve God and to lose his life than to try to serve himself and possibly gain it but and, and lose it for eternity. Absolutely. But it's a matter of whose voice we'll listen to. Are we going to listen to the voice of our God, our Heavenly Father, as His children? Or are we going to listen to the voice of, well, the enemy through men? I suggest you listen to the voice of God. That is absolutely the recommendation. And strong suggestion, admonishment, encouragement, exhortation. Listen to the voice of the Lord in your life. If we want his blessings, his benefits, the fruit, right, that he has for us on the destiny track, then we have to do things his way. Right? Yes. Yes. There's, I'll say it in this way, it's not wrong to want to be used mightily like Paul. But let's look at where Paul is right now. Again, on trial for his life. Again, persecuted. Again, attacked and imprisoned. Right? And people trying to kill him. Both assassinate him and uh, coming to try to have another group or those that are the occupying force or those in power eliminate him. Yes. Right? Yes. But what does Paul write about? And he says later in in scriptures that this is our reasonable service of worship. Why is it that Paul is, is so renowned and respected in church, in church history? Because he refused to be swayed by what others did to him? It was because he was used mightily. There was power. Right? He yes. had handkerchiefs or cloths that had his had either oil or sweat that had come off of him that he used. And they were being given out and people were healed. Right? There were many signs and wonders and miracles and it's easy to point at that and go, oh man, I want to be used the same way. There's nothing wrong with that. But that came from love to the Lord and faith in him, as you were saying, Charles, regardless of the situation and circumstances. He just trusted the Lord in everything. So the Lord could use that, his obedience to him, or which demonstrated his love and his faith. And the Lord could use that mightily. But it wasn't only if he was living in the palace. Right? Yes. It was regardless of the situation or the circumstance. It did not, he was not shaken. He was steadfast in his love for the Lord and his faith in him. So that even now in places like this where he's being squeezed, what's coming out of him? The love of God. Exactly. The Jesus nature, character, and attributes only further highlighting and solidifying trust and dependence on 
on the Lord through Holy Spirit to lead him and guide him into what to say and what to do. Yes. And you see, as we read this, clearly just that trust and dependence on the Lord, being in tune with Holy Spirit, giving him is giving him what to say, and the defense is irrefutable. That even they're discussing, and, and by them, I mean Festus and Agrippa, are discussing the case and saying, it doesn't even make any sense. There's a disconnect here with what they're trying to say the case is about and what the case is actually about. Yes. But don't we see that even in legislature today? Even mm-hmm. in cases today? Yes. Whether it's against a person or I'll say the life of the of the not yet born talking about abortion cases and and all these other things. Yes, Dad. They they claim it's about one thing, but what they're arguing is a completely different matter. So it convolutes the process. But just trusting on the Lord and being led by the Holy Spirit, He provides the defense of what needs to be said. Yes. Yes. Will we trust him? Will we trust him when it's hard? Right? Our reasonable service of worship is not just when things are looking great in our lives. And it's not only to lift up our hands and praise the Lord when the music's on and we feel a certain way towards the Lord. Paul wrote about our reasonable service of worship. Here he is sitting in prison. But that's a, a willingness to make a choice that regardless of what the situation and circumstances look like in my life, I'm still going to praise the Lord. I'm still going to say what he said to say and do what he said to do. Yes. Knowing yes. that my reward, yes, I'm going to be rewarded here, but I have a far greater reward in salvation coming when I return to the heavenly community when I leave this earth and return to the heavenly community. And that's for everybody. Yes. Yes. So we have to make that choice, though. Yes, Dan. That, and that is the greater aspect of worship, is when there's a cost to it. Not just a feel-good moment, but when there's a, an actual costs whether that's financially whether that's physically what does it say about Paul how many times did he receive 39 lashes I believe it's like 4 times 5 times he received 39 lashes among other things he sat in prison for a long time prison clearly wasn't wasn't fun he got shipwrecked he got right I mean Yes. yes. All sorts of things happen to him along the way. That's huge and significant cost. Physically, financially, emotionally. And yet and still, he continued to praise the Lord. But don't we see the same pattern? 
If you look at Hebrews chapter 11, the great faith chapter and the heroes of the faith chapter. Yes. All those people did the same thing. Abraham and Moses and all those people, all the prophets who, well, Jesus made it very plain. They were all killed off. They were all persecuted. But yet they maintained their steadfastness to the Lord. Yes. They were immovable. Well, we're receiving a kingdom that is unshakable. So shouldn't we also be unshakable? Yes. Yes. So we're going to pause there, but I just want to encourage everybody to, to examine that and examine themselves in that. Are we unshakable towards the Lord? Or have we compromised certain areas and aspect of our life and our walk with the Lord? And I don't want to say it's okay, because it's not. But as long as you have air in your lungs, you can repent. And the Lord is ready, willing, and able to forgive. Yes. Yes. As long as we turn from those things. As long as we refuse to compromise our faith, our hope, our trust, our love for the Lord. And just continue to walk in His way. Amen. Amen. All right, well, let's pause there for today. And with that, can I get a volunteer to close out in prayer, please? I will. All right, Layla. Lord, we thank you for today, and we thank you for this time in the Word, God. We thank you for the edification and the encouragement that we received, Lord. We thank you for your goodness to us, Lord, and your faithfulness and your forgiveness, God. We ask you to bless our listeners, Lord, as they go to work, as they go to school, Lord, as they are going about in your name doing the things that you've asked them to do, Lord. We thank you for the blood of Jesus that's covering them and that hedge of protection so the enemy doesn't touch them, God. And we just thank you for all those things. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 And amen. Well, we love you. God bless you. And have a wonderful day. Want to know more about a day of prayer? Sign up for our newsletter where you'll get the latest updates on the ministry, inspiring messages, and coupon codes for the merch shop. Visit our website, adayofprayer.org, click on Connect in the menu bar, and complete the form. Be sure to check the box that says subscribe. Thank you for listening to A Day of Prayer. We trust the Lord that you are strengthened and encouraged in your relationship with Christ. Visit us on our website, adayofprayer.org, where you can check out our blog, find additional study resources, or shop the official A Day of Prayer store. Remember, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. So until next time, take care and God bless you.